welcome to the First Lutheran Church located at 512 South Kale Avenue in Miles City with pastoral services provided by Pastor Steve Rice. Gospel of Matthew, chapter 11. At that time, Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and have revealed them to the infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Here ends the gospel reading of the word of the Lord. Please be seated. I thank you again for your uh, joining us in this most unusual day of the church year. Um, a number of interesting readings, uh, those brief uh, snippets from scattered throughout the Old Testament. And then uh, to the Colossians, the phrase, all things, all things, all things. In Greek, it's the phrase tapanta, tapanta, meaning there is nothing you can imagine that is excluded from its inclusion in both the creative and the redeeming work of Christ. Uh, then the gospel lesson, the reading from Matthew. Uh, Come to me, you who are weak and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Uh, we begin this morning by uh, saying that the uh, observance last week of St. Michael, the archangel, this week uh, St. Francis of Assisi um, are personages of the church, beings of heaven, that lead us to, in what the reformers wrote in the apology or the explanation of the Augsburg Confession, to a threefold honoring. Uh, they wrote that the first element of so honoring the saints is that of thanksgiving, giving thanks to God for the witness that they afford us of those things seen and unseen, to borrow the phrase. They are for the strengthening of our own faith that we, in the third element of honor, might learn to imitate them. And so for a few moments today, uh, I share with you that just over 800, uh, about eight, I think 837, if my math is in my head quick enough, just over 800 years ago, uh, we reflect upon the life of a child who was born into the relative wealth of an Italian merchant family. And that child proved over time to be an enduring witness uh, to the world of many things, both seen and unseen. Although Francis lived only 46 years, he as a grown man would become an enduring witness to the beauty of God's creation, Christ's healing power, 
particularly for those wounded through war and violence, and a kind of joy and simplicity that escapes us rather today. Uh, We live in a world where more is always thought to be better, and the justification that because I can, no one ought to tell me that I can't. And so it is that on this Sunday we observe he who enters our war-torn and self-indulgent age as a saint, so declared, so proclaimed by the early church. Francis once instructed his friars, saying, we will learn through the Gospels how the Lord instructed his disciples and my brothers, this becomes our life and our rule. I observe, and I suspect some of you have probably heard through the news media, that our nation now finds itself in the 18th year of war in the Middle East. I can remember when it began so long ago. 18 years. And among Francis's many dimensions that I could speak to, and we've addressed some with the pet blessing, one in particular I want to share with you now in a more sober vein. Although we have observed Francis's love of creation through the pet blessing, it is Francis's ill-fated military experience that I want to use as an approach to the gospel today. Now, as I say, last week uh, we celebrated the Archangel Michael as the patron saint of the armed forces, and this week's calendar included uh, the observance of St. Francis of Assisi, and uh, it directs us in a far more human kind of direction, for Francis was no angel. Francis was no angel, as with many young men. We know from historical accounts that Francis was attracted to, drawn to, the allure, the adventure of military life. Given that his early adult years had been spent in reckless revelry, is a phrase that one history book uses, his decision to become a soldier likely didn't disappoint his father. Okay, So it was, Francis became a knight a knight with armor and a steed atop which to ride. And soon enough, Francis found himself in warfare, in a battle. However, you see, Francis was not destined for military glory, no matter what he might have thought as a young man. For during battle, he was captured, uh, captured by the enemy, and Francis made a prisoner of war. Now, I don't know exactly his age. When Francis became a POW, but I can only imagine the circumstances, the horrors that a young man as a POW must have experienced in the 12th century. We know that he was chained in a prison which certainly amounted to nothing more than a dungeon. And he languished there for at least a year until his father located him and, as was the practice of the time, was able to ransom him, ransom him back. However, we are told that upon his return from captivity, Francis was a changed man. 
no longer displaying the exuberance of youth. Francis had been rendered aimless, sullen, and withdrawn. The now always restless Francis sounds an awful lot to me like many warriors of our own day who have returned from war changed. Changed in what are often troubling and disturbing ways. It wasn't until the late 20th century that a diagnosis was brought forth and rendered for such invisible wounds of war. Post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD. But you see, that didn't exist in the 12th century. And among the many features of PTSD, it can be that not until life's end are the warrior's spiritual and moral wounds really recognized. For through the strength of the years, they're just unsuccessful at things like relationships or suspicious or mistrusting. And I submit to you that these spiritual and moral wounds respond well and perhaps best to spiritual and moral remedies. And my thoughts are not meant to dismiss, demean in any way the medical model that we use so often for treatment, so much as I want to encourage you to recognize what Jesus put forth so clearly when he said that which is flesh is flesh, and that which is spirit is spirit. And so when the body is wounded, medicine does well. But when the spirit is wounded, perhaps the spirit does better. Consider again young Francis's experience, his naivete, his uh, lack of responsibility, I'm sure his father might have cited in his young years. Innocence lost in a clash of armor, blood and fear, and being chained in a dungeon. This morning, I am particularly interested in Francis's conversion. I'm interested in Francis's conversion. I want to ask what role might have Christ played in the redemption of that lost soul. Consider how the spiritual seems very evidently to overcome the carnal in Francis's life. Christ overcame Francis's demons. History tells us that Francis's conversion came to him while sitting alone in a dilapidated shell of a church, abandoned, called San Damiano. It happened there as Francis was considering the unusually shaped cross that he found within that small chapel. It was there that Francis heard it. It was there he heard the voice. Francis, my church is falling into ruin. Go and repair it for me. Now, I can only wonder how many prayers of that former prisoner of war, Francis, had gone seemingly unanswered. 
But as to the source of what he heard that day, Francis had not a doubt. Jesus Christ spoke to him. And more amazingly, astonishingly, to he who was so spiritually lost, Christ had somehow need of him. Out of that experience, Francis found freedom, healing, restoration, redemption is a word we would use in the church. Francis found freedom from the spiritually empty shell of a man that returned from the horrors of war to become a man with a reason and a purpose for living. It was as if color returned to Francis's bleak black and white world. Well, at first all did not go quite as Francis had expected. He thought that he could simply use his father's wealth to rebuild the rundown church in which he found himself sitting that day of his conversion. But you see, his father didn't share Francis's vision. The vision was for Francis alone and the conflict that resulted forever divided father and son. But God had other plans the long-suppressed, the long-buried personality that was Francis was restored and laughter returned to him. The conversion was so profound, his passion so genuine, that he attracted other, perhaps likewise wounded men to his mission. And their mission, the little brothers, their mission was to proclaim Christ and to renew his church, to rebuild it, not just physically, but to rebuild it spiritually at a time when the church struggled in history, when the church struggled in its ministry, in its mission, awaiting reformation, if you will. Francis found peace and companionship with all creatures great and small, dogs and cats, birds and the like. He even wrote a poem about it, the words of which you sang just moments ago, all creatures of our God and King. Well, let's try to bring this story full circle now. America has been fighting, as I say, in the Middle East for 18 years. Thousands have died, and many thousands more of America's sons and daughters returned with wounds of war. Wounds that are both seen and unseen. Wounds so deep that the suicide rate among our veterans can eclipse 20 per day. And so I suggest to you, as we look at this threefold honoring of the saints, might not they, like Francis, be victims of the spiritual and the moral wounds of war? In what might be the final irony of all near the end of his life, Francis traveled to the Middle East, the very places that we are at war today, in an attempt to avert a pending and great battle between Christian soldiers of the Crusades and the Muslim soldiers of Sultan al-Kamil. It was the year 1217, 
exactly 300 years before the Reformation. And we know that sadly, although the saint and the sultan listened to one another's points of view, Francis was unable to avert the great bloodbath that ensued. Just as Jesus Christ called to new life the spirit-broken soldier that was Francis, might not Christ be calling out to those touched and wounded by war and by other kinds of violence this day? How fascinating I find it that one of this congregation's defining ministries has now for many years been a ministry to those who have served in the armed forces. And I can tell you of personal knowledge, many of whom bear invisible wounds. How often do we pray for our sons now serving? How appropriate that St. Francis of Assisi be remembered and be a reminder of so many things for us today. The beauty of the earth, creatures great and small, who incidentally bring a great deal of uh, emotional support uh, to those suffering. Lift up your hearts to the Lord. That was a frequent admonition of Francis to his companions. It's a good message. We recite it during the Eucharistic liturgy. Good news that we can and we do carry from this place to wherever darkness and despair crosses our paths. But on this Sunday, I encourage you to remember to share that with those who serve, who have served, and who come back changed. At the VA, I frequently say, no one is trained for war and not changed, and no one comes back from war unwounded. Lift up your hearts to the Lord. Let us pray that the healing power of the cross of Christ continue to be proclaimed to our warriors, to our veterans, to all those who are wounded and in pain, until those prophetic words are fulfilled and swords become plowshares and spears pruning hooks, that the wounded be healed through the power of God's grace. Lift up your hearts to the Lord on this, the feast day of St. Francis of Assisi. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this production of the First Lutheran Church. We welcome you to visit us in person at 512 KL Avenue. You can also find us on Facebook at First Lutheran Church, Miles City, Montana, and email us at flc at midrivers.com.